0: podcast land and welcome back to spoilers your bad movie review show on the Rat pack podcast network where hosts have lots of opinions with zero credentials each week you watch a movie usually a bad one we crack a couple jokes give your insight into the film and we play a couple games at the end i'm your host adam i am joined by my co-host mr (laughs) (laughs) and my
1: cowboy i'm a little teapot short stout Here's my handle (laughs) Oop
0: There goes my
2: spout. Funny. Uh,
0: This week, we continue our quarantine block of episodes to help us through these tough times. As you know, movies are not being released as usual, so our usual method of choosing has also been quarantined. We're going through a bunch of movies that we appreciate, uh, movies that are underrated by our standards. And this week is my latest choice. It's from 2003. It's Matchstick Men. This is directed by Ridley Scott, which you may recognize from Alien. The first Alien movie was Ridley Scott. And a bunch of other things as well that you all know. Are you sure it's not Ripley? Ripley is the uh, is the main character. Ridley is the director. Huh. Yeah. I don't know if that name was chosen that way. Hmm. i have to do a deep dive. Uh, anyway, this movie stars Nicolas Cage, Sam Rockwell, Alison Lohman and Bruce Atman. Let's do a synopsis, then we'll get into our thoughts about the film. A phobic con artist and his protege are on the verge of pulling off a lucrative swindle when the former's teenage daughter arrives unexpectedly. Some accurate synopsis. Uh, I, don't know, I think phobic is a little uh, light
2: uh, <laughs> as a classification for, for this guy, but... Oh come on! This was amazing. I love the fact that he did this. I mean, it wasn't—it wasn't even the, the nervous tics he was having. That was awesome. I mean, even the words he was saying, like he was—he uh, was using like words, like he was uh, having like Tourette's.
0: Yeah, it, that's also kind of Nicolas Cagey, though. <laughs> that's like what he does uh, regularly. The, the, the speech pattern and how he emphasizes certain things. That's a very Nicolas Cage way to talk. <laughs> but uh, anyway, have you seen this movie before, Mishno?
2: Um This is actually my first time. I mean, I've heard about it in the past, oh, but no. I was never. Uh, savvy to the whole like movie itself. So this is a first for me.
0: Okay. How about you, Cowboy? Have you seen this movie before?
2: Uh,
1: non regretfully no. Oh. Um I I heard of it before, but you know, it's got my least favorite actor in it, so I had no aspirations to watch it.
0: Okay. Yeah, Nick, Nick Cage uh he, he was I think perfect for this role but it was like a thing, it was very Nick Cagey. But it did also have Sam Rockwell, which is amazing, and everything that he does. I I, I love yeah. this man.
1: I like my, my question. question.
0: Yep. <laughs> Somebody, one of <laughs> one of you has to start again.
2: My uh, my uh, f- one of my favorite movies that Sam Rockwell was in was actually surprisingly enough uh, the the first um, Charlie's Angels. Oh. Now, you want play the bad guy?
0: I don't remember this. Uh, this is the uh, Demi Moore one. And no, 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 no. One before that. Okay. Oh, d- that was a sequel. Mm. I don't know. It had uh Joey Tribbiani, <laughs> of, uh, Matt LeBlanc. I think was dating was... one of the one of the angels. Wasn't he in both of them? I don't recall. Drew Barrymore is she one of the angels? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Was Tom Green in there?
2: Uh. Ooh, yeah, I think he's in the first one. Okay. All right.
0: This has been a long time. But yeah, Sunwalk was fantastic. So, anyway, let's uh, get into it. Uh, Walking out of the theater, what's the first thing that you would comment on? Anybody? Bueller? (laughs) 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 Oh,
2: funny.
1: Sorry, I was frozen there for a while. I don't know what happened to me. Oh, It's, uh, it's the internets. Internets are worst. No, no. I was, I was just frozen, like
0: literally frozen. Oh, were you? In Dude, oh,
2: okay. Dude, what were you talking
0: about? The uh, we're, we're talking about uh, 2003's Matchstick Men, the movie. Oh,
1: it's, for it's a great movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Okay, um, it's it's got my favorite actor in it, uh, Nicholas Cage. Oh, This it's wonderful, weird. wonderful guy. Okay. Um he's a national treasure. Oh boy, uh, uh, both of them.
0: You know, yeah. Too bad this movie wasn't gone in sixty seconds. Uh, speaking of both of them, it, uh, if if you didn't like the movie, just maybe you need a little bit of a adaptation to it. Ah, uh, See, he played God. twins in that movie, both of them. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Got it. Right. I miss but, Eleanor. Yeah, we've <laughs> we've done a, a lot of Nick Cage movies over the years. We did we did Face Off. We did The Rock. Uh, I think we also did Con Air. Uh, yes, the, we did the the Holy Trilogy of Nick Cage movies. We already, didn't we even do Ghost Rider? Uh, yeah, I I'm pretty sure we did. That's that's a perfect. I missed movie. that one. Thank God. <laughs> Good god. So what what are your thoughts as, as, as if we were leaving the theater watching this movie, what's the what's the first comment that you would want to make about it?
1: I actually enjoyed this movie. All right. Um but I do want to know um the girl that was being his daughter when he, she was supposed to be 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she wasn't even 14 when she was pretending to be
0: his daughter, was she? No, she was not. That actually wasn't going was, to be in the She trivia. was older and conning him, right? Right. In, yeah. And in fact, uh, this, this is going to be in trivia, but I'll just jump right to it. Uh, Alison Lowen went to the audition dressed and acted like a 14-year-old girl. Ridley Scott only realized her age when she told him. She was 23 at the time. So she was 23 years old in real life. Uh, so I, I think it's safe to assume in the... in. In the movie, she was also twenty-three, playing fourteen, which is why later on you see her moving in with somebody. She's not moving in with some guy she's dating uh, as a fifteen-year-old. Uh, it's she's probably twenty twenty-four at the time, but she she does play young very well. That that was very impressive to me. Yeah, I can I could see like
1: back in those days she probably do she'd probably do very well in like the barely legal porn or the <laughs> not legal porn. She, she would have been. She would have been good in that.
0: <laughs> Very believable, right? <laughs> I, I I do. I don't. I'm not sure if it's the same girl, but she reminded me of the uh, the girl next door. Uh, remember that movie where the, where the guy was dating his, his yeah. actual neighbor, who was actually in I remember. I'm just hoping
1: she might be the girl next door. Oh. No, <laughs> oh. no, not not in the movie, but like next door to me.
2: All? Oh,
0: it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. Sorry. So this this movie is, is one of those uh after you watch it the second watch uh is interesting. It's like it's like a magic trick. Uh this this once once you once the reveal is made then it's uh, I I think it, it'd be harder to watch it again uh for, for a while maybe or if you do you're going to Pick up on a lot of little things because th- there's a giant twist at the end in which the whole movie that we were watching is not what we thought it was. It was it was a con job. Uh, it was a long con on on us as well as it was uh, on on Roy. So, matchstick man is an actual term for con artists. Uh, they they go through a bunch of them in the thing, and yeah, basically Sam Rockwell, the Cage, they're con artists, uh, and the daughter comes in as a wild card and. That's the, that's the crux of the movie. Do we now, it it, it, become, it becomes kind of a uh, it switches from a con movie to a adjustment movie of uh, a what fifty year old having to now readjust to a fourteen year old daughter that he didn't know that he had and them kind of just learning how to rebond. Uh, as, now, as far as the way that they were with each other, the, was that was that believable to you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was
1: believable. Um, I also unfortunately saw the agony in um, that one guy who played Roy. um, His his face when he (laughs) was trying to be a father, yeah, and never having been a father before, and then the the saying very crude, nasty things to her, telling her to get out of the car and everything, but then going. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's like that, that fear, that that irritation gets in you and you say something, then you're like, Oh, damn it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, it was very believable for me, unfortunately.
0: The, the, the only thing that I, w- I remember thinking about while it was all happening, it was, she seemed way too eager almost to want to be in his life. Uh, now, according to this, this story, now, now, if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, spoiler alert, you're uh, listening to spoilers, so you're, you're about to get ruined. Uh, is it, not his daughter in real life. Uh, or not in real life, in the movie life. <laughs> not his daughter. The whole thing was a setup. So from the beginning, she is conning him. Everybody, everybody, basically, in this movie is conning the main con guy. And it happens, it starts happening pretty soon in the movie. I find it, Funny how, um,
1: yeah, he's he's the one who didn't know it. Like it, he, it, the doctor was even conning him.
0: Yeah, it was engineered perfectly though. Sam Rockwell did an amazing oh, yeah. job, and it's it's unfortunate that he basically took down his mentor, the guy that taught him everything he knows about con artist world or being a matchstick man, uh, man, uh, and he took him out, and it's. It's unfortunate, but it's also very beautiful, I think, and poetic. And it's for the best. It, it ends up helping Nick Cage as a person to become a person, basically. Um,
1: a regular human being. Right. Hey, the, the funny thing is is he
0: gets the girl in the end. Yeah. It was a nice little yeah. nod. Uh, as I, I, I was watching this with Annie, and she had never seen it before. So as soon as the reveal started happening, I, I made – a very. I was doing a whole Like kind of Look outside of my eye To see her reaction To Gage How she was going to Take the reveal And she She, she was just like Her mouth was agape She was just like What oh, You can No you can't What is it What the, the whole processing And understanding Took a Took a little bit And it was It was beautiful And then once The whole scene at the, Once the movie was over She was like Okay I'm okay with that ending now She was very upset yeah. <laughs> that he got taken or yeah cuz cuz they did a really good job of of creating that bond and and making you invested in the relationship between the father and daughter you yeah. know for the then to be destroyed and it's he if he was being taken for a ride and it's it's even the way he broke down once he realized it was all happening he goes he goes to his ex-wife's house uh to confront her and then say hey uh Where's the where's 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 our daughter and the wife's like I don't know what you're talking about yeah uh, I, I did think it was kind of risky to use the actual real address of the ex-wife but I guess he would have probably done some betting to find out if that was true or not maybe that's maybe that's why they did that yeah I I, I kind of want to know like who she was on the phone with
1: when she said oh I was talking to my mom blah 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 you know oh. Who was she actually on the phone with? I was talking to mom. Mom wants me to come home before summer school. You know?
0: Ooh. It, it must have been Frank, uh, Sam, Sam Rockwell. And it's, it's, or...
1: Oh. I was saying uh, Frank or, you know... Uh, the thing is, is what I was confused on was,
0: was she part of the whole con to begin with? Yeah. Every, everything. Everything was orchestrated by Sam Rockwell from the very beginning. <laughs> Uh, and then that's what she even says at the end there, like uh, uh, Frank kind of screwed me on my on my cut because you know that's that's just Frank. So from the very beginning, the, the 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 doctor, the the daughter, the call to the daughter. Now I I don't I don't know how if, if Sam uh, Rockwell uh, Frank if Frank was had a, a, enough knowledge to make the con. Like I, I think the the con started with the doctor for sure. Uh, because he gave yeah. he gave him the number and the contact information for for him, and it's possible that after a couple sessions, uh, he talked to the doctor to figure out how can we con him. What's the best way? What has he said in these meetings? And then constructed the whole plan about the daughter. Oh, because I I think the con everything was was kind of set up as far as uh, the doctor, uh, the, the guy that they were going to exchange the money with, uh, all those things was already set up but it was how but how what's the how Here, here's here's the big picture but what's going to lead us to that big picture and after the therapist meetings he realized we're going to use the daughter that's the best way and then at that point he probably called up the uh the girl and like all right i got a role for you here's your role you're the daughter
2: well hold on a second um didn't okay didn't isn't it how it happened oh okay, yeah okay, the psychologist yeah and then that's how they got the daughter idea. And then the, did you, I didn't catch that part. I might've missed it. How did he find out what she, who she really was or where she would be immediately? What happened exactly? that
0: uh, He gave the doctor his ex-wife's phone number. Ah, yes. Okay. Yes. So he was supposed to contact the ex-wife and that's how the daughter got brought in. There, there was actually, there was no actual conversation with the ex-wife. Uh, yeah so. he he basically he said uh spoke to
1: footressel she doesn't want anything to do with you but your daughter wants to meet you. Right.
0: Yeah, and then it,
1: I, yeah. I thought, I, thought, I was just saying I thought it's funny she's 14 years old um or playing a 14 year old and she goes to meet her dad for the first time on the side of a park like what mom would be like, "Yeah, you can go meet your dad. I think he's a fucking loser. He's a criminal and blah 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 and all this other stuff." Um yeah, why don't you go meet him at the park somewhere?
0: Yeah, well, it's a public location, I guess. It, it'd be more ideal. Like a mall would have also worked. So somewhere there's a lot of people around. Uh, it, it, it does seem odd that you would let her go alone at 14. That's that's what I meant, yeah. alone. you know. Yeah. I'm not going to go, but
1: you you go ride your skateboard to the park, and he'll be some strange guy in, in a car.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it also bothered me how much he was smoking in the car with the windows right. out. And it just like... Your daughter's gonna be in that car. She's, she's gonna walk out, smelling like a, an ashtray.
2: True, but I don't
1: think he was thinking about that at the time, considering. Yeah, I guess it makes sense now that she was drinking a Corona and smoking and everything around the house, you know. Yeah. They
0: they also play, yeah. played it very well. nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, she, she's of legal age. Uh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so here's a little tick about it. I mean, like, okay, so remember that big twist where. Uh, is that guy that they stole the money from, how does he play into that, into this whole con? Uh, he, he
0: was, he, he was, uh, he was there to help the bond with the daughter get deeper because, uh, they played it perfectly. We gotta, we gotta do the con right now. You don't have time to drop off your daughter. So she now has to come with you to the meet Gets involved in our in our world. She, she gets caught by this guy, so now her life is on the line. So now you have to do whatever you can to save your daughter and the, build the trust there, and then eventually give her the give her the code.
2: So basically, um, the guy, uh, what's his name? The guy that they're they're swindling. Uh, they? yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But so he was part of the whole bit, and he didn't really get shot. No, and Bruce McGill Chuck. Yeah, okay. You looked them up. Gotcha. Yes? Yes. Okay. Uh, so he basically used the one that actually was uh, part of the whole gig, too. Didn't really get shot. Um, and the girl was shooting blanks. So that way it would made it more believable, right? Is that right. What's basically what happened? Yes. Okay.
0: That's, I think a lot of it was kind of had to be done on the fly. There's no way he could have planned everything out. From the very beginning, I it, think it, yeah. it, it, the whole plan evolved over time. Once, once, once the daughter found the gun, they okay, we can this can be part of what we use. Uh, how are we going to use it? And then eventually, got it. This is how it's going to go.
1: See, my in, qu- in, my question is though: is uh, Chuck did Chuck actually got shot? I don't think so. Because, uh, but here is the thing: she found she got Roy's
0: gun out of the dog. Did he load it with blanks? She did she would have switched it because he know because she knows that he knows there is a gun there, so he wouldn't doubt that that's fake. The whole thing at the very end when he's in the hospital, like yeah, he didn't make it. They they, they wouldn't have killed the guy uh, for for real for, for this whole thing to happen. It was and every, remember everybody everybody's playing against Roy, so everybody yeah. everybody you see is basically in on it. The only person that's not in on it is the. Uh, The check stand, the girl at the check stand at the grocery store.
1: But here's here's, here's the thing. I'm wondering if Frank and the girl tried to play Chuck as well, and they actually did shoot him and kill him. Oh, interesting. Or he actually did die, you know, and Chuck ended up, or not Chuck, but Frank ended up screwing the girl out of her cut. Like Frank and the girl were going to take the whole cut. And split it in half and she ended up getting screwed and chuck's dead you don't hear about chuck anymore
2: right no now. you don't the, the thing about it is if that's the case then those two guys that were in the, that were in the FBI. whole thing would have seen the dead body or something like that right or do you think would have moved the dead body if that that would have left uh some sort of problem because now you have a body to get rid of it that be the case
0: yeah, no, no. This is a huge, huge thing. So we, we, first uh, we have uh, uh, Frank is mastermind of everything. Uh, then we have Angela, the daughter. Uh, so that's, that's two. Dr. Klein, third person involved. The, um, the, the Chuck, there's four. And then those, those two agents. So there's, there's, this is a six-person job. All these six people are going towards the same objective, which is screwing over Roy. So there's six cuts that have to go out. Now, uh-huh. Sam uh, Frank would have taken every, uh, most of it because he's the mastermind, and he's playing these people to play their roles. And yeah, so th- everybody got a smaller cut than than what he got because he's you know, yeah, he's the mastermind.
2: Yeah, except for the girl, which got swindled out of her cut too.
0: Right. Or was she conning him?
1: Did she not really get swindled out of mm. her cut?
2: You if know, that were the case, wanted, if, heard, if that were the case, would she really be where she is either? What do you mean well, because that's a million dollars that they were trying to swindle, right uh yeah, basically yeah so, yeah yeah,
0: so even if she got uh ten percent that's a hundred thousand uh that's, that's still a good amount, but not well, I, I over I, the time over the time period from when he uh one year
1: yeah it was one it was one year, you know, I mean that crazy twenty three year old can go through a hundred thousand dollars pretty quick, probably in her lifestyle
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's a good point.
0: I also find it hard to believe that it was a one-off because she was so good. Yeah. That that no that that should then be the career. That's that's your thing. She had a, a great aptitude for it, so why not continue swindling people?
2: And she's just like, oh no, I'm just doing this for my. That was a one and done kind of a thing. Um. Well, she obviously didn't learn a lot from Roy because
1: he he always said you don't. Um, do any jobs near where you live and she was like, yeah, you don't shit where you eat, you know, yeah. and oh, so she's living in that area because now he's working at this remnant store right, where she lives <laughs> you know, which I imagine he's with the, the, the grocery clerk now and right. so
0: they live in the same area Oh, interesting, I hadn't thought about that part of it So, so yeah. she didn't
1: she, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't actually learn anything or
0: it's it's also possible that she did develop an actual connection to the guy and felt bad that uh what she did, so whatever payoff she got she still has to live with herself and what she did to this, this this guy so maybe that's why she couldn't do conning anymore because she's yeah i, I, I didn't
1: the, the scene i didn't like in this though is after the end when she's leaving the the flooring remnant store and she's like bye dad i was yeah. like oh, <laughs> oh come on i that was that was stupid. Like uh, you can't No, I don't care. Roy, come on. Roy's like, Oh, you didn't take for me. I gave it to you. You know, I, cause his whole, his whole mythology, his whole process in, in doing what he does and conning people is he's not taking people's money. They're giving it to him. Right. That was his whole thing. So I get the whole symbology. I was like, you didn't take it from me. I gave it to you. You know, yeah. like don't feel bad. I gave you it. But then it got all sentimental and stupid. Like, he could have just – she could have just gone and said, sorry, you
0: know, and walked away. But then it was like, love you, dad. <laughs> right. And I, I think I think that just kind of goes into what I was saying is that she she didn't get connected to the guy. She started feeling for the guy. And the, 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 the bond that they had, although it was built on fake things, I think they – well, obviously, he cared for her quite a bit. And I think she started caring for him also. So at the end when – she asks him, "Don't you want to know my name?" And he says, "I, I already know your name." It's kind of—he's basically telling her, "I don't want that to have been fake. I want that to still remain a reality." Yeah, even though I, I'm acknowledging and, that you conned me, but I don't want—I don't—I don't want to let go of that. And that's why well, she calls it, him that.
1: It also makes me remember a line she said in the movie when she was getting kicked out of the car and going back home. She's like. You're not a ma- you're not a bad guy. You just make dumb choices.
2: Yeah, you're, right. yeah. You're, you're not that. a bad guy, but you're not the, the best one either.
0: Yeah, you're just not a very good one.
2: Some, some something, yeah,
0: yeah. So I I think she did uh, catch feelings is a weird thing to say because they're father and daughter, but it's I feel like it's it's accurate. She she did she did catch some sort of caring for this man. Yeah, uh, eventually ended up still screwing him uh, pretty bad but uh it's I, it was it was nice. It uh, father daughter things I'm I'm always a sucker for. So I am <laughs> just like oh it's so nice. It's cute. It's cute even though yeah he lost a million dollars and now he's working at a carpet store. Uh, but in in the same way that I guess he doesn't he's uh, see, we uh words <laughs> <laughs> he got out of the game it seems. He's he's not he's not conning anymore. He's not, he's no longer a matchstick man. Because of that experience. So I guess it's it wouldn't be far-fetched to believe that the experience was that
2: uh, – it did the same to her. Well, now she's out of it. I do think, though, that because of what happened, he was able to move on with his life and not feel like he was actually put down from his ability or inability to socialize. Have you noticed though once he got that job, he was able to do everything he wanted to do? Yeah. As a normal, as an average human being, there wasn't like torn down by his supposed uh, issues with his mental capacity, mental issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, he was able to go, move on with his life. He wasn't just stuck with the fact that he was going through a monotonous, uh, basic, clean, and simple lifestyle the whole this whole life.
1: Yeah, like did did he get that way after his ex
0: wife?
2: Yes. Oh. I don't I don't, yes. I don't recall if that was
0: addressed. it was addressed? Yes. Oh okay.
1: Yeah, so that so he lost a lot of mental ability in his own in his own head. There was nothing really wrong with him. He just couldn't think clearly.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and it's even what the the, the the fake doctor, I think correctly says, "Yeah, I was giving you placebos. I wasn't giving you actual medication, the, the medication you thought you were getting." Uh it, it was mostly in your head and I, I think he was right. So even the doctor, the fake doctor, I think helped him a lot more than <laughs> he probably was intending
2: to. Maybe that's the reason why he's not so angry. I because not, he actually got a new lease on life where he actually got to do what he really wants to do, or at least move on instead of just going over and over and over the same thing. Right. He gets to live a life now. That's not just entirely set up to making sure that the home's clean and tidy.
0: Yeah, and I, I actually I kind of uh, can equate this to uh, experiences in my own life where there, there was there was a time uh, back in the day. I think this might have been a little bit before Cowboy, but Misha was there for it. I, I was I was dating a girl that was all in on for a very long time. It was one of my long cons to actually make her my girlfriend. It took like, I think three years uh, <laughs> before we actually started dating, and when that relationship ended, it it, it broke me in a way. I thought, and I thought. After that was over, like I, I'm out. I'm out of the relationship game. And then wasn't yeah, we went
2: drinking a lot.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and that's. I think that's when I started doing uh, playing pool a lot more as well. And I joined the pool team and all the things. And I was trying to. And the podcast even got started because, uh, in in part, because of that relationship failing. It was it was a good distraction for me and whatnot. And I had thought for a long time that I would I would never love again, and that 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 I'm done with that. And then once I got the next girlfriend. I I was it kind of showed me it proved to to me that I do have the capability to still love. That one eventually also ended, but it but it, it was it was it was necessary because for me it taught me that I wasn't broken and that I do still have that capacity. And I think that's that's what happened for, for that's what this whole thing was for him. It, it showed him he can open up to somebody else, he can have normal relationships with other people, which is which then enabled him to move on, have a regular life. Ask this check stand worker out, marry her, I would assume, and then oh, wow. now have a kid on the way. So yeah, it, it, it showed that it showed him that he wasn't as broken as he thought he was, I think.
1: How did he explain to the grocery clerk where the little girl went, who was his daughter? He did explain to her said, Oh, she went back to her mom's.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: Did she did he end <laughs> up explaining to her? Yeah uh she i'm never contacting her again she went with her mom for good interesting
0: uh i i would assume eventually he would tell her everything that happened uh oof that's a tough one do you, do you tell do you tell your girlfriend i used to be a major con artist or is that something you uh keep close to your to your vest yeah like <laughs> you're
1: building, you're building this new relationship supposed to be on truth and, yeah. and positivity and, and, you know, everything you've been searching for since your ex-wife, which is why you're, but at the same time you, you've, you're, you're conning her yeah, because you're not telling her the truth of who you were. Mm. You know I mean? Even if you're not that anymore, would he say, yeah, I used to have a million dollars in a safe deposit box. And I used to be a really good con artist, yeah. and I had a partner that kind of swindled me and conned me with a bunch of people, and they took all my money. Now um, I sell carpet.
0: Right. So <laughs> – I lost a million dollars that I, I basically took from old people and desperate people that couldn't yeah. afford to lose that money. I took it from them, and then it got taken from me And because it was a fake daughter the entire time. That's, that's a weird thing to try to explain, I think, in a relationship. <laughs> Holy crap. And then what would you do later on in life after you have the
1: kid and you're married to her and she finds out that uh, you were a criminal.
0: Hmm. Wow. I I don't know. I, I think definitely it's not a it's not a first date a conversation. Uh, I I think that well, my <laughs> my understanding
1: is they never got caught. Right. Yeah, nobody got caught. Cuz they, they they were never in the system. They never because the the whole scene where he finds out that his quote unquote daughter, yeah. who was conning him, had been arrested before and they fingerprinted her and everything. It, it was such a big deal, you know. The reason why they were able to continue doing this over and over again is because if they got caught on videotape or they wouldn't have their fingerprints or anything in the system. Mhm. Yeah. So he he, he technically was not a criminal because he never got caught. True. Yeah. So yeah. he can go on with the lies, and I'm not a criminal. I made bad
0: choices, but I never got caught. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if, just, I, just,
1: just, just leave it at that. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it's, it's got to come up at some point. I, I, I would, I would hope that uh, if you are married to somebody, that there's, there's there's a lot that you divulge about yourself that you wouldn't tell other people. But then, what's the statute of limitations if she ends up having a conscious?
1: (laughs) No statute of limitations, dude, in a marriage. Come on, man. No, 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 I'm talking about as,
0: as far as the crimes that he committed. Five years. Okay, so maybe after five years, that's when he tells her everything when she can no longer <laughs> turn him in. <laughs> I, was, I was like, statue limitations in
1: a relationship. No, dude, come on. If you made mistakes in your past and you were somebody that you love, you should be able to say the mistakes that you made yeah. in the past and the dumb choices you made when you were a lot younger and then be okay with, okay, well, I don't see you as that person anymore. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say anything to you because, well, like your, your, your spouse goes, so when you were five years, years old or 10 years old or 15 years old you, oh sorry statute of limitations you only get to know what happened after i was 28
0: <laughs> yeah which is exactly the opposite is true as far as relationships uh i i think there there is no statute of limitations at any anything you've done over your entire life they will get upset about as if it happened yesterday because they there's no statute of limitations in relationships that way so, so maybe that is something you just keep to yourself until the end. W- would, they, would they would they get mad at you though? They they would definitely get uh, feel hurt by certain things. I don't know about being mad. Well, I mean, it depends on. Well, obviously, it depends on what you've done. You
1: know, obviously, yeah. you can't go through a relationship with a, a girl and marry her, and five, six, seven years into the marriage, be like, oh yeah. Um, I'm on a sexual predators watch list because I uh, sodomized a kid. You know? <laughs> Obviously that's, that's like something brutal, you know, Right. but like, yeah, I made bad choices. I, I used to con people out of money. I don't. I don't do that. I haven't done it in years. Yeah. Um, I straightened up my life and now I'm on the straight and narrow. I feel something like that. They'd be like, Oh man, I'm so lucky to find you now. And not back then. Cause back then, you know,
0: Yes, but then also, would it not then implant something in your brain? They, ha- they have these tendencies. He has the, cap- the capability to do these things. Is that ever going to be used against me? How- I guess that depends on how the relationship is. Yeah, when he says he has to work late, is he actually working late or is he conning somebody somewhere else? Or is he cheating um, on me? Or, uh,
1: I, I mean, I guess, I guess it would depend on when <laughs> the, the, the carpet store closes. I mean, if the carpet store closes at 5 and he goes, i got to stay here till 8 and work late, like, what are you doing?
0: Measuring carpet. Somebody, uh, was a big order came in. Did they have a- <laughs> I'm, munching, I'm munching on some carpet. I mean <laughs> – uh-huh. <laughs> Well, well,
1: <laughs> I got this new remnant in stock. It's it's uh it's got a warranty on it. I got to test it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy, uh, yeah. As, as far as far as like negatives for the movie, there wasn't a whole lot for me. The, the the biggest thing to me was how how much the daughter was willing to give her life to this stranger uh, after fourteen quote unquote uh, fourteen years of not knowing who the who your father was to then eventually open up as much as she did. That's, that's like, I think the only real complaint that I have for the movie, uh, anything, anything buggy about Amishro? any, anything that kind of didn't mesh.
2: Mm. I would say, I mean, honestly, majority of the time I actually had a inclination that I didn't believe the daughter. Hmm. Like for instance, you know when she was in the car and he was like going out, to, going to town on her and on his attitude and stuff like that, yeah. and then she immediately went straight to cry mode. Yeah, I, I I didn't believe her. I mean, honestly, it felt like I'm like, this seems forced. This seems like she's not really invested, and this is just a game to her. Which was the reason why I started thinking when she was part of the the crew at the end. I'm like, oh, that see, I can see that coming now. But okay, so so you had doubts from the beginning even. Yeah, ducked from the beginning because it didn't seem right. It didn't seem right. Everything seemed weird. I mean, like, first of all, it was just her and him. He never met, the dog, never met the wife until like later on when he actually confronted her about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm. It's, but this is also coming to the context that we've been doing movies like this for a long time. Okay. And I've already come to the understanding that if they don't show you half of this stuff, it's probably because it doesn't really exist. You know? Okay. So I'm not, I, I I'm jaded in that sense. I already know that something's off. I see. But if you watch this movie when it first came out, maybe not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that's true. Because
0: I think the first movie like this that I ever watched was was Fight Club, where the the whole movie yeah. turns out to be something that you were not expecting, and then once the reveal is like, holy <laughs> Christ! And it's groundbreaking. It's like you can do that in movies. You can you can put, you can pull the wool over so far, and have me buy in so much, and then tell me. All of it was fake. It's mind blowing. And then there's a couple other movies that do the same kind of thing uh, that I've seen the since then. The others?
1: The others with uh, Nicole Kidman.
0: Uh, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, oh, it's pretty
1: good. It's a mind. It's a mind fuck movie.
0: Okay. Do you want? Yep. Yeah. Do you want to know what it
2: sounds like? What, well, what sounds like when mind you fuck? realize? Okay, the, the, basically. I mean. Um, <laughs> Do you want to know what it's feel? If you're if you're not going to watch the movie, I can tell you exactly what's happened. In the if others, you do want to watch in the, in the others, yeah.
0: Oh no! I, I, if it, if it's a mindfuck movie, then I'm going to want to watch it. I, I do enjoy the mindfuck movies, although awesome. although going into it knowing it's a mindfuck movie, I'm going to be looking for things now, <laughs> which is which is the problem with movies like this. No, no, no. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Because I was going to name a couple other movies that have mindfuck endings, but since we're not reviewing those, I don't want to ruin those for other people uh, to also go in thinking, oh, okay. Where's the, what, there's going to be a giant twist. Let me see if I can figure it out beforehand. Like, oh, I actually, actually knew The Others was a
1: mindfuck movie before I watched it, and what I thought was going to be The Mindfuck was not it.
0: Oh, okay. That was, that was also uh, The Sixth Sense. That, that's, that's another famous one that everybody should have seen by now where it was a, it was a mindfuck. <laughs>
1: You, you, the other one that that blows my mind, and I still haven't necessarily figured out, was fourteen oh eight with John Cusack. I, I was he actually in that room, or you know, like I yeah. I don't know. Like seriously, yeah. To this day, I've seen it many times.
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's a whole different kind of mind fuck. That's a so <laughs> trying to figure out what, what's happening uh, versus this this kind of mind fuck where it's 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 deliberately taking you down a road. On purpose, the wrong road, and then eventually you get to the right road, and now your whole world is destroyed. Uh, but I, I do enjoy them. But as Mishra was saying, after seeing the first, after seeing Fight Club, and then after seeing Sixth Sense, after those two movies, th- th- there was always something inside my brain looking for the mindfuck. Uh, I wasn't expecting it with this movie. So when I saw this movie also many many years ago, it it still got me, and I was just like,
1: whoa. <laughs> <laughs> another, not, another mind movie was Shutter Island
0: with DiCaprio you know DiCaprio okay uh, I never finished that one also yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, I, I enjoy them and I think this movie did it well uh, but, M- but Mishiro yes. said you, you kind of expected <coughs> it so, but w- when the actual reveal happened were, were you blown away by it or were you like oh, okay now it makes sense what was, what was, it made what was the sense feeling? It, it made
1: sense. I mean, I didn't know exactly where it was going. Uh, I didn't know. Obviously, I didn't know it was him. Uh, he was being taken until uh, after they weren't turning the air conditioning on in his hospital room.
2: Yeah, I don't know who.
1: You and are. and what what he wakes up, he's like, "It's hot in here. It's hot in here." Now, what I don't understand is he was handcuffed
0: to that bed.
1: Right. And then all of a sudden he's not handcuffed and he just gets up out of bed. Right? And walks out.
0: Yeah. Well, because that, uh, they, they're not trying to kill the man. If they, if they left him handcuffed there, then he would die. So they uncuffed him once they got what they needed and then disappeared. As soon as they got that code, everybody evacuated the entire building and they went on to Neho or wherever they're going to end up with their, all their money. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me. That was a good reference. How dare you? <laughs> Shawshank, man. Uh, and so <laughs> they they had to let him live because I, I think also what's weird is there there's a respect, I think, among the matchstick men, which is why I think Roy never went after everybody, why he was able to see the daughter and they were able to have a conversation because you got me. We're in the same business. We know what we're doing and you got me. So there's a little bit of respect. I mean there's hurt feelings obviously but it's a respect I think because what they do is very hard to do successfully. And they were all very good at it. So getting the, getting taken the way that he got taken, I think, there's respect there. So so how about you, Amishro? You, you were saying that you kind of uh, had your iffy moments throughout the movie. So when the reveal happened, how, how did you take it?
2: Uh, okay. I've seen something similar to this, very similar in um, the white-collar movie TV show, mm. uh, where the guy tries – where they basically swindle a guy that's doing some uh, – giant uh ponzi's not even a ponzi scheme but it was like uh basically he was cheating people out of a bunch of money that he was funneling out of a charity okay and they and they put him into uh, a a bed where uh where he's supposed to like get a replaced liver or a replaced kidney because both of his kidneys are failing.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> and he comes out because it starts getting hot. No one's, no one's coming in. It's weird shit's happening because the machine's not working anymore. I'm like, as soon as it happens, I'm like, oh, fuck. The whole thing's a fake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. So as soon as I saw that, immediately it's like the air is hot. The air is hot. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> There's no hospital where the air is hot. That's not right.
0: That's, that's my favorite, favorite part uh-huh. about movies like this is when that moment's happening and you, in your body, I think starts realizing what you're watching before your mind does. You're just like, ah, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> wait,
1: no. it kind of it kind of <laughs> reminded me of the first episode of Walking Dead, you know, where Rick Grimes wakes up and he's in the hospital and he's like,
0: "What's going on?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> How amazing would that be as, if, if that's where the movie went from that point forward? He wakes up <laughs> and zombies are taking him. like, what, what, what are we watching right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what happened to the daughter? What happened to every? How did you take such a that, – that would be a twist that you would never see coming and would blow your mind. <laughs> if that was the opening uh, episode to Walking Dead, that would be fucking epic right there, dude. Oh, oh man fantastic <laughs> It kind of goes in line with the uh, this this idea that i had a long time ago where you create a movie trailer for a movie that when you go see the movie the whole everything that was in the trailer happens in the first 5 minutes and then the rest of the movie is something completely different. So you, you buy in for this one concept and then you get to the – because then there's no spoilers. Because a lot of trailers these days, they reveal too much in the trailer so that you can kind of guess where the movie's going. But if the entire trailer happens in the first five, ten minutes and then everything else is something you hadn't seen, even with different actors, that would be fucking crazy. <laughs> but it would be – I think it would make for a more enjoyable movie experience. <sighs> It'll never happen, but I think it And, you, you, can, <laughs> and you can call it.
1: I'm going to get you, sucker. Oh, wait. No, there's already a movie like that. Yeah, Jeez. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or Gotcha. No, there's already a movie no, called no, Gotcha. Mm, that was a fun one. That might be good. <laughs> that, that was around the same times as uh, Interspace when that came out, right? It was around yeah, the same. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any any closing thoughts
2: uh, before we move on to the rest of the, the show? Mm. No. No. I feel like this is a better uh, film because you're not playing from position where you're doing the, the heist on someone you're having the heist done on you
0: mm. Mm. and
2: that whole understanding. I mean, I, I know they've done it in different films where the where the antagonist or, or the protagonist realizes exactly what's been going on to him, but this is a nice switch because there's no, because he's supposed to be the bad guy air quotes for anyone who's not listening. Right. Um, so it's it's nice to see it a little bit of a twist, a little bit different, but uh, I don't know. I mean, like I just feel like there are some parts where I was just – some things didn't feel right. Okay.
0: I, I do feel like this movie, although it does take from a lot of things that we have seen and use a lot of tropes that we've seen in other movies, I think this is a very original spin off of already existing – Storylines or or, uh, just things that you can use in movies. This has all kind of been done, but the the way that it was done this time, I think was very inventive and it was it was nice. It was it was a nice switch from the usual way that these movies play out, and it it I I enjoyed the ride. It was it was nice for me, and this is why I put it on on the list because I, I remember seeing it and being like, "Holy crap! This is much better than I was expecting it to be." because it has Nick Cage, <laughs> I was expecting a much uh, inferior movie. But then after, when I was done with it, I was like, wow, I am so glad I watched this. I'm so glad that this is now in my memory banks. And that's why I wanted to put it in your memory banks. Uh, you guys you guys here on the show and everybody else who may be listening, it's worth a watch. And if you hear this podcast before you watch the movie, then that's kind of a shame. Uh, but wait, wait, <laughs> what movie were we doing? Uh, 2003's Matchstick Men with uh, your favorite actor. Never heard of it. Okay.
1: (laughs) 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 Ah, Ah, you bastard. All right. So Everything I've said about this movie today was the uh, Cliff Notes version of the movie. Okay. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I watched the
0: trailer, and that's all I got. All right. Well, a lot of insight for just the trailer. Uh, (laughs) So that was our opinion of the movie. Like I said at the top of the show, we have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Now we're going to hear from people actually have credentials. The critics – And then we're also going to hear from the audience, the non-credentialed folk. This is all in preparation for the Rotten Tomatoes game we're going to play, where I'm going to make you guys guess the score on Rotten Tomatoes based on its reviews. I'm going to read two critic reviews, good and bad, and two audience reviews, good and bad, and then you're going to guess what its score on Rotten Tomatoes. For those of you unfamiliar with the scoring system, it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst the critics and the audience. 0 to 59 is rotten, 60 to 84 is fresh, 85 and up is certified fresh. We're going to start with the critics, and we're going to start bad. Bad reviews from the critics. This is Stephanie Zacharik from Salon.com. Matchstick men isn't even remotely intricate. It's not even particularly Interesting. I, I I don't know what kind of movie she's watching, but this I I think this is both. Personally. She's not a Nicolas Cage fan. <laughs> yeah. It's a certain it's a certain type of person that actually is a Nicolas Cage fan. I think I actually am a Nicolas Cage fan, if I'm thinking about it. I think I, I do like him. Uh even though he puts out a lot of duds out there, even the duds are somehow enjoyable to watch. it's a it's a guilty pleasure, I think. All right, this is Lou Luminick from New York Post. Despite the fine acting, you may end up feeling as suckered as Roy's victims. (laughs) See what he did there. All right, good reviews. David Anson from Newsweek. Matchstick men glides from comedy to suspense to poignant, arriving at a destination you might not suspect. Fun while it lasts, but it's a bit of a con job itself. Mm -hmm. interesting that sounded negative at the end but I think it was positive Uh, Derek Adams from Time Out Ridley Scott lets us enjoy the satisfying clicks and whirs of a well-oiled celluloid con trick while leaving plenty of headroom for cages to twitch and fret in (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) (laughs) 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 Uh, right. so those are the top critics from Rotten Tomatoes what do you guess the score is based on those reviews? And, of course, you're watching the movie.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with... Okay, this film, I felt like it did well. We're doing critics? Mm-hmm. 70. 70 for the critics, all right. So you're saying fresh but not certified? Yep.
0: 56. 56. Oh, you're quite rotten. All right, the tomato meter is... 82%. This is fresh. Oh,
1: we were doing critics. I was just doing myself.
0: Oh, okay. Ha-ha! <laughs> okay. All right. We'll do the audience now. Well, only because it's Nicolas Cage, not because it was a bad movie. Okay. All right. So that was the I, critics. Let's do the audience now. We'll start with good reviews from the audience. This is from Aaron M. Mm. Uh, Matchstick Men is a sophisticated drama which offers one of Nicolas Cage's performances – of his career, what one of Nicolas Cage's performances of his career? All right, they're not right. This is why they're not a top critic. Uh, it's particularly witty, and the plot is intelligent. It's really hard not to enjoy the characters as they all work so fluidly with each other. the Men will distract you with a genuine interest before stabbing a knife in your back with an excellent twist. A particularly cunning movie, which I thoroughly enjoyed. All right, Ray review. So. uh I didn't mention earlier, but the way I'm choosing the reviews for the audience, I'm choosing four and a half stars and up for the good and two stars and below for the bad reviews. All right, so here's another one from Damon Damon S. A great Nick Cage flick about two con men and their lives. The one's whole life may be a huge con in the end when the daughter from Roy's past tries to reconnect. Hijinks ensue. And hilarious dialogue with interpersonal relationships is a pure pleasure to watch, such as Cage and Rockwell's characters react to the situation at hand. A pleasure to watch. I really enjoy this film for the acting, the writing, to the ending. Let's go to the bad reviews now. This is from Kizzy T. Not a good movie. Don't recommend it. It's too slow and not enough action or drama. Not as well written uh, <laughs> as the good reviews. Here we go. Gregory R. The con here is Ridley Scott trying to trick us into thinking he can make a non-boring movie. By the end of this flick, your hand is picking up the phone to call the movie police for the crime of trying to pass off this piece of crap as a con movie. For a con movie to be a success, it must con the audience. The movie only succeeds in boring its audience. Woo. <laughs> All right. Those are the good reviews and the bad reviews from the audience. What's that? I I, I agree with the last one.
1: (laughs) I can't say that because I actually said I'd like the movie. I'm just being pessimistic because I'm not a big Nicolas Cage fan. Uh,
0: Well, people you don't like can sometimes do good things. It's it's because he's a bad actor. Does that mean he's a bad actor? Yet sometimes people you like do horrible things. That's true. That is very true. I was challenged on this recently about like uh, about Bruce Willis. Like I, everybody knows, I'm a huge Bruce Willis fan, and uh, I think I was talking to my mom. She's like, "Is there a movie, a Bruce Willis movie that you don't like?" like yeah, there's a couple. He's done. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's not a uh, 100 all the time. There's a couple that are. Oh, I wish I hadn't watched because it kind of hurts the uh, the brand for me. Anyway, what, what, what do you think about the whole nine yards? Fantastic. Jimmy Super-
1: yeah. <laughs> I love that
0: movie. So way. good. All right, uh, so that we, I gave you the good reason and bad reviews from the audience. What do you think the audience score is? I'll go first this time, Mister. Oh. <laughs> uh. that, mean, that means you go. oh <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: Seventy nine. Seventy nine. All right. Sixty eight. Oh
1: shit! He's got to do math. That means it's in between sixty eight nice. and
0: seventy nine. Yes. Nice. You are one percent off. What? One percent greater distance. The what? correct. The, <laughs> the correct answer is seventy four. Seventy four it goes to seventy nine. Was that that was cowboy? Cowboy to seventy nine. All right, you got it by one percentage point. You're five away where Maestro was six. Oh, that's yeah. for the end of the show. The yay. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> right. Uh, we're right. cut and paste. All right. Uh, Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this movie. We like Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman, and we uh, basically feel them being in any movie makes it instantly better. So the way the game is played, we have to take a character out in order for them to be in it. So who would you take out and who would you replace in to make this a better movie? I would take Nicholas
2: Cage out and put anybody in its place. <laughs> <laughs> Is it possible to change up a daughter and put Giamatti in there?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I
2: think Paul Giamatti should be Chuck. Ooh. He'd be great Chuck.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, fucking Louie. Yeah.
1: And, and then, and then, and then uh, Gary Oman, um, I think he would do pretty damn good as Roy.
0: I, I actually agree. 100%. I, although it, it, it's hard to take Nick Cage out because this is I, – I think this is a perfect Nick Cage role. The character, because it
1: plays to his fucking acting skills, exactly dude. That's right. it.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
1: here's the thing. <laughs> Gary Oldman can do that and way much more.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. If we're, if we're choosing a better actor between Nick Cage and Gary Oldman, it's definitely Gary Oldman. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, there's no doubt there. I'd take the girl and replace uh, Nicolas Cage with the girl.
1: (laughs) What? The girl that played Angela, she could play Roy.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. I thought I wanted to see Nicolas Cage as the daughter. That would be very confusing. Uh. He'd probably do pretty good at it. Uh, All right. So let's let's do trivia now. This is the part of the show where I give you guys little bits of facts or information you may not know about the movie. I already mentioned earlier, but Allison, uh, the character that plays Allison, is 23 at the time. So I think it's safe to assume uh, that Angela was also 23 in the movie. Uh, Roy's pills are actually Benadryl, a popular over-the-counter allergy medicine. They are not, that makes sense. They are not whatever menopause thing that they were saying, but they, they're Benadryl. Uh, this one, actually, I caught this, and I called it out during the movie to Annie. The airport scenes. Set at Los Angeles International Airport, LAX, were actually filmed in the main entrance of the Anaheim Convention Center, a mile south of Disneyland. Due to a change in security measures uh, for the airports, filming rights have been severed, uh, severely restricted on airport property. Mm. I remember seeing that and saying, that's the that's convention center. Because that's, that's I spent a lot of time at the Anaheim Convention Center because all of the conventions that I go to because uh, it's nerd. Uh, but, yeah. All right. Frank Mercer was named for Frank Sinatra and Johnny Mercer. Roy's character is seen playing these records in his apartment. hmm Sinatra, man. Anytime you can work them in, that's good. All right. Money makes the world go round. We want to put this film into perspective with other films that were released this year so we get a feel financially how it held up to its peers. The estimated budget for this movie was $62 million. What do you think this grossed? worldwide US and foreign box Ooh. office together <sighs> 128 all right 128
1: as as much as I don't like the lead actor in this movie and I say I don't like Nicolas Cage but there's movies that he's done that I actually like I've said it many times. I like the National Treasure movies. Uh, yes. You know, but it's the movie that I like. I just don't, I can't get behind Nicolas Cage, but he is, a, there are stupid people out there that like him. And, and,
0: <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? <laughs>
1: um, I joke, I joke, I kid, I kid, but I, I think, I think his name is a draw. Mm. Okay. Um, so having him in this role. In this movie was probably a draw, and I knew Maestro. I know Maestro said one twenty-eight, and I would like to do the whole freaking uh, Price, price is is right, right. And if you go over, you lose, and I'll say one dollar, but um, <laughs> I, I can't do that.
0: No, you got to be close. Um, I'm going to say one fifty-two. One fifty-two. So you're going above Maestro. All right. Yes. In the U.S., this grossed. Thirty-six point nine million dollars. Oh. the foreign box office said $1. was one dollar. A trillion. <laughs> wow. No, uh, it was twenty-eight point seven million dollars, bringing the total worldwide gross to sixty-five point six. So I sh- <laughs> should have gone with my gut. If you would have said a uh. dollar, you would have been closer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> This film debuted on September twelfth, two thousand three, with thirteen million dollars, and and this is why I brought it up because it was it went under the radar. I don't know why, but it was under the radar for a lot of people. It was you, both of you had never seen it before. You, I guess you had heard of it, but you'd never seen it. Uh, my question is, it debuted at fourteen million, right? Uh, thir- thirteen, yeah. Thirteen. What was the number one movie when it debuted? Oh, when it debuted, I don't know. Uh as far as that weekend I uh, I can find out. But this was the 79th highest grossing film of 2003. And he guesses that what number 1 was for 2003? If you can remember that far back. Was it a uh, a a movie? It was uh, a <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh it definitely was. Um
1: 2003, let's see here 2001, 2002
0: Then 2003 One of the uh, bigger themes of the movie was touching a butt
1: What? Oh, Finding Nemo
0: Finding Nemo, yes it was
1: <laughs> I did not know
2: that Yeah. Wow. Well,
1: I, I, I know that because I have kids um, But you gotta let the kids Touch the butt, okay yeah. <laughs> Just let them touch the butt
0: If, if you would have just been okay with butt touching The whole movie would have been fine
1: it wasn't a butt. it was a boat.
0: Yes. That's, That's how they say it in Minnesota. Yeah. That's the boat. Yep, the boat, not the butt. All right. Not the butt. That was 2003's <laughs> Matchstick Men, directed by Ridley Scott. Check out our website, com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoilers Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email. Spoilers at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Help us in the rankings. The uh, more reviews you get, the closer we get to actually being certified critics. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm done with that. Uh, next week is our last movie of the season. Uh, we break up the movies that we do into, into seasons. Don't break us up. <laughs> we, uh, it started off with, I think it was after 25 movies. It was at the beginning and now we're up to 50 episodes per season. So to round out season seven of Spoilers, the 50th movie, I, I, I mentioned it when uh, Hollywood was here, there was a, a lapse I noticed in the movies we had watched so far, and I wanted to correct it. In the last 50 episodes, there has not been a single Bruce Willis movie.
1: I'm boycotting. <laughs> so I have it's, it's like it's like the sponsors boycotting
0: social media. I'm boycotting this. I second. Spoilers. I second. No, no, no. Okay, uh, but I, I'm following the theme with movies that are wildly underrated and did not get the press they should have gotten. You think all Bruce Willis movies are underrated? That's not true. I, I, in fact, I just mentioned that there's a lot of stinkers in there, but this one. Is... But you still think they're underrated because it's Bruce Willis. Uh, okay. This this one is wrongfully underrated. Okay. <laughs> this movie. We'll see if we agree. Yes, uh, I, I I'm very curious to hear your take, and if you have even seen it, this one also, along with Bruce Willis, also stars Billy Bob Thornton. From 2001, the movie is Bandits. They huh? are bandits. They're common criminals, basically. Uh, it's. Do they chew tobacco or what? Skull bandits, tobacco. No, just I mean, bandits. No, like burglars, uh, thieves. So they wear bandanas over their face. Oh, I see what you're doing. Uh,
1: <laughs> I was just say they, they would they would fit, they would fit in well in 2020. You know,
0: right? <laughs> no, this movie, I from the first time I saw it, I was blown away by the the uh, how well the story was told and how much you were part of it. And how Bruce Willis is awesome. And Billy Bob. I think this movie to me is when I started actually enjoying Billy Bob Thornton more than I had before. Like, all right, I like this guy. Is this before or after Angelina? Angelina. Jolie. Oh. Uh, oh. I think it might be during. It's 2001. I'm not sure when they were married. I'll check it out. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and uh, during the next episode. We will. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up. My my question
1: is is do you think they separated because he realized she's a fucking kook, <laughs> like crazy? And by by that I mean she's crazy and nuts, like
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. out there. Yeah, that was a weird relationship. I, I remember that was like
2: she, she it's had like a, the hot, a, it's a like the oil
0: of. Well, <laughs>
2: Right. I'm
0: just kidding. I'm just uh, going, go ahead.
1: Nah.
0: So, they, for that, during that relationship, I think uh, Angelina Jolie famously had a, a vial of Billy Bob Thornton's blood as a necklace that she would wear around. Uh, they were they were really into each other, I think. Until they didn't were.
1: they get like tattooed wedding bands or something like that? Oh,
0: I don't know. I <laughs> uh, I
1: don't. Know. But but I'm just. It's like <laughs> I think of that that. I think of Angelina Jolie and it's like, have you ever seen that video on YouTube of the 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 sexy crazy scale, the hot sexy chick and the crazy oh, yeah. scale? And yeah, yeah that <laughs> that's what she makes me think of. It. Like she's she's like very sexy, but not marriage material. Like not Yeah. <laughs> She's not the unicorn. She's not the mythical creature that we need to study. You know, she's the, Oh, she's nuts.
0: Oh, yes. Unicorn. But hot. Speaking of unicorn, she was also in Gone in 60 Seconds, in which uh, Nicolas Cage mentioned his unicorn as Eleanor. Eleanor. And she played the mechanic, the hot mechanic. Mm.
1: Well, she was the hot mechanic for Eleanor, which was the unicorn, and just so happens that the unicorn was a car. (laughs) Yeah, the one that got. I said away. that
0: like Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> mm, by the way, that's very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. See, thanks. It's not hard to act like him. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it's just not. Oh my god. Oh, uh, Wallowitz uh, from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. What? He, he, he was on uh, a, t- a TV show from back in the day with, with Matthew Perry, which was also in the whole nine yards. <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis movie. Uh, it was called Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip, I think, something like that. Where it was, it was basically a drama version of uh, Thirty Rock, which was it was it was ab- about how SNL gets created, and Wallowitz was one of the actors on SNL, and he did an amazing Nicholas Cage. It was freaking amazing. It was fantastic. If you if you haven't seen it, you should look up uh, wh- whatever his real name is, Wallowitz, uh, as Nicholas Cage from Studio Sixty. It's fantastic, and it's it's. Perfect because Nicolas Cage does have a very specific way of talking and moving around that he nails perfectly. All right, we're done here. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> I'm all worked up now. What? I, I, I want to I see that. I want to go see that clip. So I'm going to end the podcast so I can go watch that clip. Until next time, I'm Adam. Ah, uh, I'm Maestro go! Sorry, I was
1: drinking. I, I was I was drinking. I missed. It. I'm cowboy. <laughs> Yay!
0: Yay.